It's the position change heard around the world. All right, maybe not quite that much drama, but it is getting people talking in Buckeye Nation. I'll tell you what it is coming up next, and I'll give my thoughts on it. Welcome back to Locked on Buckeyes. Good Tuesday, everybody. I'm Kyle Lamb, your host. We will be talking about a specific position change. Most of you have probably heard about it, but if you haven't, well, I'm breaking some news here today on Locked on Buckeyes. Also, Ohio State basketball back in the top 25, a recognition of the progress made by the Buckeyes basketball team winning five out of the last six, including Purdue and Rutgers here in this past week. I'll tell you what that means for Ohio State, and don't be surprised by some of the betting lines coming out in the next two games this week for Ohio State. I will explain what I mean by that coming up. Locked on Buckeyes, your up-to-daily football and basketball podcast. We are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Please find and follow us if you haven't done so already. Make sure you spread the word. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or you can simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Don't forget, if you listen to Locked on Buckeyes and if you run or own a business and you would like To grow your business with us, you can become a sponsor. Simply text us, text advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and we'll be sure to get you all of the information you need to get started as a sponsor with us. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at LockedOnBuckeye. Coming up next, I'll explain the position change and what I think about it. Let's get it kicked off this Tuesday with the Lidl Coffee Talk, like butter, Linda Richmond. We're going to discuss something that I've been seeing on social media and message boards. It's been kind of a hot topic, and that is a position switch. As many of you have seen by now, maybe not all of you, but many of you have seen incoming freshman Cade Stover, a linebacker from Lexington, an All-American, really, really good defensive player, has apparently and reportedly been asked to switch over to tight end. Now, there's some uh, discrepancy as to whether Ohio State went to Stover and asked if he wanted to do this or if he initiated the idea. But either way, Ohio State is behind it. Cade Stover is behind it. And Cade Stover will be apparently starting off at tight end when he gets to Ohio State. Well, he's already at Ohio State. But when he begins camp this fall, he will be a tight end and not a defensive end. Now, he played high school linebacker, and they had already intended to switch him to defensive end, which excited a lot of people because if you think back to the All-American game, he went through practices, played it at a defensive end, and drew some pretty rave reviews. There, There were a lot of scouts there talking about how he looked like he profiled pretty well as a defensive end. The concern with him at linebacker was he was going to be too big. Of course, this is a different game than it was 20 years ago. A 250-pound-plus linebacker just doesn't fit anymore at this level, and that's what he profiles as. He's about 240 pounds now, but when they continue to bulk him up, get more strength on him, that some of that muscle is going to replace the fat. He's going to trim down a little bit, but he's going to add more muscle. And as Many of you know muscle, maybe some of you don't, I don't know. I can't make assumptions here, but muscle weighs more than fat. So 
you're looking about a guy that that may be carrying 250 pounds, and that just doesn't work for a linebacker at this level. So the thought was all along is that he was going to wind up a defensive end. He looked like a guy that could be a really good defensive end. And if there's anybody with athletic talent and ability that Larry Johnson gets his hands on, you you can't help but be excited because this is a guy that has the athletic talent. You know, there's a reason he's an All-American, a top 100 recruit. But now it apparently seems as if he's going to begin his career at tight end. I know that there are numbers, um, there are available spots there at tight end in the coming future, okay? There's, if you look at the roster after next year, Ohio State loses two separate tight ends. Jeremy Ruckert looks to profile potentially as a, a difference maker, and there's not much behind him. But that's that's the uh, that's the optimist view. Okay, there's you could see a reason why numbers wise there is a move to be made there. I guess the concern for some people, and, and I, I kind of fall in this camp, it's not so much that he can't be a really really good tight end. It's just if I'm looking at my roster and I'm looking at how Ohio State utilizes their tight ends versus the importance that we've seen at really good rush ends and really good defensive ends, period, whether they're rush end or just playing the run. Ohio State has had a lot of success there, and that's such an important position. If Ohio State used its tight ends more effectively and more consistently, then I would say, sure, when I'm looking at Stover, he's an athletic guy. He's somebody that seems to have really good hand-eye coordination. He could block. He could catch. I feel like he can be a really good tight end. My concern is not moving him there in general. Looking at the big picture, I don't mind that. It's just I share the concern of moving him because will Ohio State get enough production from a guy like that to justify putting him there? With their offense, the way they use the tight ends, I just don't know if they're going to get enough out of him going forward to warrant losing potentially a really, really good defensive player. Now, again, it's worth reminding everyone that this is potentially temporary. Maybe they just want to test it out. Maybe they want to throw him there early on and see if you know they catch lightning in a bottle, and then they could move him back. There's nothing against saying you're going to be a defensive end if this does not work out. I'm not saying that that's going to be the case. And sure, you might lose a year of development, not having him get the reps there every day in practice. But we've seen Rashad Barry play defensive end in practice as well. So it's not that it can't be done. But for right now, Cade Stover apparently is moving to tight end and not going to be playing defensive end. I I think that this, I don't want to call it a mistake because I don't know what's going through their minds. and, And even if I did, I'm probably not qualified to judge this move on the surface. So I'm keeping an open mind. But those of you that are concerned because, well, will this be worth the investment? You know, putting him at a position that they have not utilized effectively, that is my concern as well. And that's why I'm, I'm kind of surprised by this. But maybe it could turn out to be a genius move. Maybe they have designs of using the tight end more, incorporating it more going forward. And who knows, maybe Cade Stover turns out to be an all-American tight end, goes on to the NFL, and be a 10-year guy there. You know, there's nothing stopping any of that from happening. A couple notes 
Um, going forward, Chris Olave is changing his number. He is no longer donning the number 17. He will be number two going forward. Also, I saw a, an interview with Paris Johnson, incoming All-American, one of the best tackles in the country, who was saying some big things, thinking he's going to challenge for a starting spot at tackle. I love, love, love that position, that cockiness, that confidence. That is what's going to make Ohio State's offensive line really good for the foreseeable future. This year has a chance to be as good as any Ohio State line we have ever seen, I think. And that that is lofty praise. Maybe I'm getting carried away with myself because we've seen lines that included Orlando Pace and Corey Stringer and so many great linemen in the 90s and 2000s. But I think this line on paper has a chance to be truly, truly special. And that combined with the run game and the quarterback and the insane receiving core that Ohio State has on paper is one of many reasons why I'm not sure taking a talented player and switching them to tight end is necessarily the best of calls. But, hey, Ryan Day has pushed almost all of the right buttons so far. I'm not going to begin doubting him right now. Coming up, Ohio State back in the top 25 in basketball. We'll do a little more preview of the Ohio State-Iowa game coming up on Thursday. Ohio State basketball is back in the top 25. As of Monday, the AP top 25 out in the Buckeyes narrowly take that final top 25 spot over Texas Tech, Michigan State, and a handful of other teams. This surprised me. I didn't expect to see it this week. I thought if they got one or two huge victories this week at Iowa on Thursday and or a big home win on Sunday against Maryland, then yes, I, I fully anticipated seeing them in that top 25 next week. But this was a little surprising. I know some of you are saying, well, it's premature. You're not getting your hopes up. I've seen some people say, well, they're going to get killed at Iowa. They're not going to beat Maryland either. I know the pessimists in you are saying that Ohio State is going to lose both games this week, but I'm here to tell you something that may surprise you, okay? Here it is. Ohio State is only going to be roughly a one or two point underdog when the line comes out Wednesday against Iowa. That is probably shocking to you. And here's something else. You may need some kind of electroconvulsive therapy. You may may need shocked back into consciousness when I say this, but Ohio State will probably be a favorite at home against Maryland. Some of you are saying, well, how can that be? Maryland leads the Big Ten, a really good Big Ten. They are a game ahead of Penn State. There are several games ahead of third place. How could Ohio State possibly be favored at home against Maryland, one of the best teams in the country right now? Well, again, Vegas thinks Ohio State is really good. They are. The analysts love Ohio State. Vegas was not ready to panic when all of you were. Vegas has not jumped off the bandwagon. The analytics say Ohio State is only about one or two points worse than Maryland. I know that's shocking to some of you, but it's true. So when you add in home court advantage, Ohio State will probably be a small favorite on Sunday against Maryland. And the same thing in reverse. Ohio State is actually better, according to the analytics, than Iowa by a couple points. 
So when you add in home court advantage, the Buckeyes are only going to be probably a one to two point underdog coming up this Thursday at Iowa City. Ohio State is actually um, predicted, or should I say projected, by Bart Torvik's system to lose 74-73. And that's right in line with Sagarin. Sagarin would have Iowa as a one-point favorite over Ohio State. Pomeroy would have Iowa as roughly a one-point favorite over Ohio State. BPI, same thing. All in that one-to-two-point range, which is why I say when the spread comes out on Wednesday, you're going you're gonna to see this and you're going to be like, how is Iowa only favored at home by a single point over Ohio State? That's shocking. When you look at Iowa's performance this year, it's, it's kind of interesting because the Hawkeyes are 12-1 and one at home. So there's a lot of pessimism there, understandably, from Ohio State fans looking at this game and saying, well, how could it be possibly so close? Well, one thing that's interesting about Iowa is despite their home record, they have not actually performed performed all that much better than they have on the road. Their shooting percentages, both effective field goal percentage offense and defense as well, have been very, very similar. They're actually averaging the same adjusted offensive efficiency at home as they are on the road, which is kind of interesting. Their defense is just slightly better, a couple points better at home uh, per 100 possessions than they are away from home. So when you look at Iowa, they're actually performing at a very consistent level from home to road, but for whatever reason, because of schedules, because of luck, because whatever the case may be, they're managing to win those close games at home, some of which they're not, lose, they're not winning away from home. Can't explain why that is, but the actual production isn't much different. The record is, but the production is not. There are some matchup advantages for Ohio State here. Number one, the Iowa offense is very much centered around, no pun intended, Luca Garza, the big seven-footer, one of the best players in the Big Ten right now. He is a great player, but what Ohio State has struggled with the most this year are point guards that penetrate and get into the middle, and that has caused Ohio State's defense to collapse and spend more time trying to keep guys out of the lane, which has created more shooting opportunities for secondary and tertiary scorers of opposing offenses. That has led to higher shooting percentages in recent weeks against Ohio State, Purdue excluded, of course. They did a really good job defensively against Purdue. Iowa not having that point guard that gets into the lane as much and having more of an inside-outside offense, I think, is a benefit to Ohio State defensively coming up on Thursday. I think you'll see them take a little more of the Michigan route. You know, Michigan gave up a lot of points to Luka Garza both times they played, okay? thirty, I think it was 36 points and 44 points, respectively, in the two meetings. But Michigan won one of those that they did lose at Iowa City, but they won one of those games. Interestingly enough, when Luca Garza scores more than 30 points, Iowa is like one and four this year. Okay. They just have not been winning when he's been going off. I think Ohio State will take a play, a page out of that playbook. I think they are going to mostly single cover Garza. They'll come down and dig every, every once in a while. If they get him trapped on the baseline, they'll double. 
But if he's in the post, I think they're going to live with him one-on-one coverage and try to stay home against some of Iowa's shooters. That's what I think they'll do. We'll see if, the, if Chris Holtman shares that strategy and that philosophy. But I think they're okay with Garza scoring 30 points against Ohio State this, this Thursday, as long as they can cover up the shooters, not allow dribble penetration, and not allow those open looks. I think that that is a benefit to Ohio State. It goes against what some other teams have managed to have success against the Buckeyes. So both as far as the matchup is concerned and the analytics are concerned, I think this is a game that Ohio State can absolutely win on Thursday. We'll talk more specifically about the Maryland matchup late in the week, but I'm also looking that as a game that Ohio State very much can win. This is a different Ohio State team than what showed up in College Park earlier back in January. And I think Ohio State is poised to possibly not just win Thursday, but maybe get the double. If they could beat Iowa and Maryland in the same week, that I can't I don't have to tell you how huge that would be for Ohio State getting for going forward. Now I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm not predicting that they will win both games. All I'm telling you is the spread for both of these games coming up this weekend. Thursday and Sunday are going to be roughly one to two points in either direction. So the Buckeyes have a chance. These are 50-50 type games. They have a chance to come up with two really big wins coming up and not only fortifying that ranking, the top 25 ranking, but two wins in the Big Ten standings right now would really help. It would possibly buy them into the second or third day of the Big Ten tournament and also strengthen a really good tournament profile and help their seeding potentially get up to a five seed, maybe a four seed. If a, they had a really strong finish, maybe even a three seed. We'll talk more about that later in the week. Ohio State basketball back in the top 25 on the road Thursday at Iowa at home against Maryland coming up this weekend in Columbus. That is Sunday afternoon. We'll talk more about that later this week. That is going to do it for Locked on Buckeyes podcast today. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to find and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Tell a friend or family member. Spread the good word. We're on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more platforms of your particular choosing. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locked on Buckeye. Thanks for listening. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.